0: more important this community, and we are blessed, truly blessed to be able to offer this uh, on Sundays. So, hey, let's pray, and then we'll dive on into the sermon. Father God, we are so thankful, so thankful to be in your house. God, not only to be in your house, but to be in your presence. It's just incredible. God, as we were just sitting there worshiping, worshiping with brothers and sisters in Christ, is it's unlike any other experience we can have during our week, God. We are just connected, to you in an awesome way when we sing about you, when we think about you, and when we silently pray to you. Thank you, God, for this time. I just pray that this would not be these would not be my words, God. These would fully be your words. In the name of your Son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right. Man, it's good to be here. It's great to see everybody. So I thought it would be kind of cool if we start off this sermon with a question. And the question is this. What is your primary use of the internet? Think about that for a moment. What's your primary use of the internet? That can certainly be a loaded question. The internet's a big part of many of our lives. Maybe for some of you, it is simply drafting or reading emails. A lot of you use it for work. Recently, a lot of us have used the internet for video calling. I did not know what Zoom was four months ago. Now it's a consistent part of my life. FaceTime as well. Uh, when sports are on TV, we might watch highlights. Sports are back. So we are able to do that. So maybe that's what you use the internet for. Most of us use it for social media, let's be honest. But I'm hoping that there's one thing, right, one thing that we can all agree the internet provides, which is a good thing. And that is funny internet videos, okay? That's one of my favorite parts about the internet. It's the gift that keeps on giving. People will continuously take silly videos of themselves, post it on the internet for our enjoyment, time and time and time again. So that would be kind of cool if we open up this sermon for probably the first time doing this, and it will probably be the last time that we open it up with a funny internet video. So turn your attention to the screen. Videos, man, you gotta love them. But what did some of those parents have in that video? They had self-awareness. And maybe some of you, as parents, have been in a situation. Actually, hopefully you haven't, right? But maybe you've been at the birthday party and the kid is swinging for the fences with the piñata, and you have to run in and save your daughter from getting hit in the head with a bat. You have to have self-awareness, especially as a parent. But if you think about it, self-awareness is really a great trait to have. If we go around the room, I'm certain that many of the people that we look up to and even admire have a great level of self-awareness. Now, why is that? Why do we look up to people that have self-awareness? Well, there, there's a couple reasons that I believe. I believe that people with a great level of self-awareness have an incredible understanding of who they are. A lot of times, they get their identity. They know what they're rooted in truth and They understand themselves. They normally can process emotions pretty well. They have drive, ambition. People of self-awareness typically have direction in their life. Really, people with self-awareness are truthful about who they are. Those are admirable characteristics. It makes sense for us to admire people that have those traits. Take five seconds. Who's the most self-aware person in your life? Maybe for some of you, you're thinking of a family member or a close family friend. Maybe it's someone that you haven't actually met in person, but you admire from afar I believe self-awareness is certainly important. Now, for the second time today and the last time today, let's take a look at our second funny internet video. I would certainly say the folks in that funny internet video more or less lacked self-awareness. And don't don't get me wrong, if you lack self-awareness, that does not make you a bad person, not saying that whatsoever. But typically, if you lack self-awareness, there's a few things that might happen. You typically have a a tough time understanding who you are. You might struggle with your identity. Obviously, those were physically lacking self-awareness, but mentally and spiritually. You might have a tough time processing emotions. You might not have direction in life. A lot of times, those that lack self-awareness, it's tough to build a deep, meaningful relationship with them. Simply because it's hard to understand someone that just doesn't really understand themselves. Again, I believe that self-awareness is important. But here's the most important question when it comes to self-awareness. This is the one that we're going to talk about today. What does self-awareness mean for us as Christians? Right, what role does self-awareness play in the life of a Christian? That is an important question. If we're going to answer that, it's very simple. Let's go to scripture. Right? If, if we want to know an answer or identify an answer about a soul issue or about something of the heart or mind, let's see what God has to actually say about it. So we're going to look at three verses. Follow along, I will them. In Galatians, it says this. If anyone thinks they are someone or something that they are not, they deceive themselves. In Proverbs, the purposes of a person's heart are deep waters, but one who has insight draws them out. in Romans, for by the grace given me I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. So what does scripture say about self-awareness? Well, when I read, when I read those verses, I see this. I see, be humble. Don't view yourselves more highly than you should. Process your emotion. Look inside your heart. When I read scripture about self-awareness, I come to this conclusion. In the eyes of God, self-awareness matters. Self-awareness matters. And we as Christians should be striving to gain more. of it. So that brings us to this question. In your life, do you feel like you have self-awareness? Do you, do you feel like you're self-aware? Do you feel like you know who you are? Do you know why you believe what you believe? Do you know why you react the ways that you react? Do you know what your identity is in? These are great, great questions. For me, a lot of the reasons I'm asking myself these questions is an event that happened earlier this week. On this past Monday, actually, I had a really interesting experience. Uh, I was in Butler and my path crossed with this guy that walked up to me and started to ask me some questions, okay? So that's not, that's not well, it's kind of typical for me, but this was a more unique experience. So this guy comes, our, our, our paths crossed, and he starts to ask me some questions, and so just looking at this guy, I can tell very quickly he's been through a lot. This guy's had a tough life. You can just see it on his face. Maybe you've experienced that before when you meet someone for the first time. It seems like they have been through the ringer. So this guy's asking me questions. Turns out he's a drifter. This guy's a drifter, and he is on a journey in life. He looked like he had not eaten in a while, so I said, hey, buddy, would you like me to buy you a meal? I would love to take you out, and again, we can talk more there. Again, he had not eaten in a long time, so I was able to go, got some fast food, and we just started talking. I was asking more questions because the more I was talking to him, the more interesting his life was becoming. I really just wanted to hear his story. So he was born overseas, that was the first thing I recognized about him, he had an accent. Not very typical in western Pennsylvania, so I was intrigued. I'm asking more questions, he was born in Europe. He was in his 40s, in his 30s, he had suffered a coma. Mentally he was stable, but physically he had some implications, he had some some tough results from that coma and he was dealing with those still today. In his 40s, after this coma, he found his way from Europe down to Florida. And over the past two and a half months, he has walked from Florida up to Buffalo, Pennsylvania. I had never met someone that has walked that far. So my immediate, my immediate question, where are you trying to go? Turns out he was trying to get to Ohio. He has a friend there that had a job waiting for him. He did pretty well. He only missed about one state, right? So walking that far, he did it. That's probably better than I could do. So I'm asking more questions. And at some point, we, we get to the point where I bring up the topic of you know, spiritual conversation, asking him what he believes why he believes it, what's been his spiritual journey. I'm not going to lie, he was not very interested in hearing about Jesus or committing his life that day. And that was okay. But as I was talking to him more, I realized not only is this man lost physically, he's lost internally as well. He was lost spiritually. He, He truly didn't know what his identity was in. As far as he was concerned, his identity was in being a drifter. He, he didn't understand who he was. He didn't have much self awareness. So after we eat, I, I dropped him off on a road that I, I hope leads east Ohio. <laughs> I wasn't really sure. It was 68, so let's hope somewhere it connects. Uh, so I dropped him off, and, and I'm, I'm leaving I'm, I'm that situation, and I am I'm praying to God. God I mean, it would awesome if he would have, you know, committed to you, if he would have desired more of you. And I, I felt God speak to me in that moment say in heaven. This, This was less about him being saved, even though that seed was planted, but more about what I want to teach you. I believe God taught me this. God wants us to think. He wants us to think and find out who we are. He wants us to be rooted in truth. He wants us to think about him, about the world. He wants us to think about ourselves. He wants us to think. And I believe that's why God believes that self-awareness matters. That God thinks that self-awareness matters because with self-awareness comes thinking. The more self-aware we are, the more that we we'll think, the more that we we'll think, the more self-aware we become. Not only self-aware about our lives, but self-aware spiritually. Do you feel like you're spiritually self-aware? Do you know where your relationship is at with the Lord? What's your faith story? What's your journey been like? Do you think about that? Do you see how that is lived out in your everyday life? Do you know that you're an image bearer of God, that if you know Jesus, that you're an heir to the throne, you are fully loved and known by God? Do you know what your identity is in? These are important spiritual self-awareness questions that if we think, we can ask ourselves and be honest about the answer. Let me be totally vulnerable with you. I go through seasons of my life where I struggle with my spiritual identity. I do. I've been a Christian for about 90% of my life. I've been a pastor for a big percentage as well. And I can still go through seasons where I struggle with finding my identity in God. And I'm choosing to just chase after things in the world. Why do we do that as Christians? Why can't we find ourselves chasing the world as opposed to our creator? Why? That's a question that I ask myself. I've come up with a conclusion because I took inventory of my life. As Christians, a lot of times, we kind of know how to put on that mask of Christianity. Especially if we're churchgoers. If someone asks us how we're doing, we typically know the right answer to say that we're doing well, even though inside we might be in turmoil. When my identity is not found in being a son of God... I am not healthy, right? I am not uh, doing well internally. I might have struggle. I might have hurt. And, and when my identity is not found in God, then I want to keep that hurt and that pain deep down inside of me. But what is self-awareness tell me to do? Self-awareness says, hey, bring that hurt, bring that struggle up to the light. Bring it to the surface. Let it be known. Why? So that God's healing can take place. That's the other reason that I believe that God desires for us to be self-aware so that we can have the self-awareness to open up our life to God and say, God, I need healing. I need your help. I need your change. I need transformation. Please, please change and transform me, God. Self-awareness, I believe, allows us to do that because why? We're being honest about the state of our soul. We're being honest about ourselves. The main question then is, well, what is it that we need healing from? In a lot of scenarios, in a lot of people's lives, we need healed from lies that we believe about ourselves. We need healing from lies that we believe internally about us. Now, why do we believe those lies? Well, we live in a sinful world that's filled with lies. So if we don't have that self-awareness, it's going to be easy. We're going to be susceptible to falling into them. The less self-awareness we have and the more lies that we believe about ourselves the more that we live in deception and fear. If we look around our country, if we look around our culture right now, there is a lot of deception and fear, let's just be honest. And I I could certainly be talking about, and Harvey really is talking about, coronavirus, racial tension, political differences that so many people have. Certainly there's deception, fear, and a lot of those things. But there's there's a larger, wide-scale issues, specifically with our students, with your students. Listen, I I spend a lot of time talking to youth. You know what the number one deception that a lot of youth believe about themselves? That in the eyes of God, they're not valued or worthy. That's that's the number one thing that so many of our youth are struggling with and are deceived by. They think, man, I've gone way too far for God to ever... Value me again. I've done way too many. I've seen too many things. I'm too far gone. There's no way that I can have value in the eyes of God. So many of our youth get deceived in believing that. They believe that lie. And then what happens? Their life is in deception. The more that I do this job, I realize that's not just our youth. There's a lot of us that believe that same lie. We get deceived into believing that, that we will never be able to, to really gain the love of God or gain the value that God sees in us. And then what what, what what happens? Well, when our life is kind of ruled by deception or fear, right, when we don't have the self-awareness to know what's true, well then our ability to be effective as a Christian gets lowered. The more deception that we live by, the more fear that's in our lives, well, the more that, that it's likely that we're not going to be able to be effective. And then that will bleed out of, out of our faith into so many other areas. The more that we live in deception, the, the less likely it is that we're going to be a super effective parent or even child or an employee or a boss, certainly not a, a, a leader that influences. That's another reason why I believe God desires self-awareness in our lives, because he wants us to be effective. God desires us to live an effective life for him. So really, our self-awareness, combined with our faith, produces a beautiful existence that is filled with humility. It's filled with helping people in need. And it's filled with clarity as to what's true. So the question is, okay, how do we gain self-awareness? How do we get more of this? How does it grow in our lives? Well, really, what I just described greatly is the life of Jesus. He was incredibly humble. He was always meeting people's needs, and he had clarity as to what is true. I would certainly be willing to say that Jesus was the most self-aware individual to have ever lived. He had an amazing understanding of his life, of his direction. He knew his emotions, and yes, Jesus felt emotions. He had incredible purpose in his life. I understand Jesus was fully God and he was fully man, right? No one else in this room can claim that. Some of us want to. Thank the Lord we can't. But he was fully God and fully man. However, Jesus had the opportunities to believe lies from the world he just chose not to. Why? Because he was rooted in truth. We have the freedom. We have the opportunity from God To grow and to gain self-awareness. In order to do that, I believe we have to look at the life of Jesus. Look how he responded to lies. And then follow that example. Also, what spiritual disciplines did he have? How did he react to stress? How did he react to life change? How can we as Christians or Christ followers follow the example of Christ when it comes to self-awareness? So let's do that. Let's identify some of the lies that Jesus had a chance to believe first one is in Matthew chapter 16, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of Man is? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. So, two things to know about Jesus. Number one, he loves to ask questions. Number two, he loves to make us think, typically in that order. So he's hanging out with his disciples. These are his really close friends. At this point, he's hanging out with them more than he is with his own family. He knows them really well. They're beginning to know him really well he poses this question who do the people say the son of man is basically who are people saying that i am they answer some say john the baptist elijah jeremiah maybe even one of the prophets now this is the first lie from the flesh what that jesus has the opportunity to believe imagine if he would have chosen this you know what maybe i can just say i'm, I'm just a prophet i'd have less responsibility People probably wouldn't try to harm me as much as they are. I I would have less commitment, probably less backlash. I could just say that I'm a prophet. But how does Jesus respond? But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For this was not revealed to you by the flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. Jesus knew that it was truth from God that he was going to find his identity in. He wasn't going to find it in what the flesh said. He wasn't going to find it in what people told him. He was going to find his identity in the truth of God. Why? Because truth always comes from God. Truth does not always come from the world. It does not always come from a news outlet. It does not always come from a political party. It certainly does not always come from social media. But truth will always come from God. Where are you getting your truth? Godly truth leads to self-awareness. Jesus certainly knew the answer to his identity before he poised the question. But he had a chance to believe what the flesh was saying. He chose to believe what God said. Godly truth leads self-awareness. Example number two. This is found also in Matthew. Then they brought him in Jesus, a demon possessed man, who was blind and mute. Jesus healed him so that he could both talk and see. All the people were astonished and said, could this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard this, they said, it is only by Beelzebul, the, the prince of demons, that this fellow drives out demons. Now, the morals of Jesus are being questioned. Who and what he believes in are now being brought up. So these Pharisees come to him and they say, This man drives out demons with demons. Basically, he is a Satan worshiper. Those are bold accusations, especially for us that know Jesus. If the faith of Jesus is weak, he might crumble, he might give in, he might even agree. But when it comes to matters of faith, Jesus uses godly wisdom. Let's see how he responds. He says, if Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? Jesus questions the confusion about faith by inserting godly wisdom. Godly wisdom produces self-awareness. If your faith is being questioned, if you're unsure what your faith truly is, seek godly wisdom. Desire the wisdom of God to help better understand what it is you believe. Godly wisdom produces self-awareness. And our last example is found in the book of Mark. That evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon possessed. The whole town gathered at the door, and Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons. But he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. Very early in the morning, when it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house. He went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So we have Jesus goes to this village. And he heals, he helps, he casts out demons, he cures diseases to everyone who needs help. That's a big day. So, what does he do? He goes and finds himself alone with God in a solitary place to be with his Father. Let's see what happens next. Simon and his companions went to look for him. When they found him, they explained, Everyone is looking for you. Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to a nearby village so I can preach there also, for that's why I've come. So he traveled throughout Galilee preaching in the synagogues and driving driving out demons. What did Jesus do? He stayed focused on his purpose. He didn't get complacent. He he didn't stay in that village where he's now the hero and people want more of him and say, I'm just going to hang out here for a while and get praised. He stayed focused on his purpose. Staying focused on your purpose builds self-awareness. You might be asking, what if I don't know my purpose? What if I don't understand why I'm here. Well, I believe that we can certainly have a various amount of purposes in our life, but as Christians, we certainly have one main one. That's to fulfill the Great Commission. To go and make disciples of all nations. To go and tell people about who Jesus is and what he's done for us. That's a beautiful purpose. That could be a 35-minute conversation with a drifter randomly. Or that could be building a two- to three-year relationship with a neighbor a couple doors down and God finally presents the opportunity for you to speak truth into their life. If our job is to fulfill, is to fulfill a purpose, we should also desire to take the opportunities that God gives us, Jesus, continuously focused on purpose. Focus. So if we're going to desire to gain self-awareness, let's Look at the three things that Jesus did consistently yes. to do so. When it came to his identity, he was rooted in truth. When it came to his faith, he sought godly wisdom. And when it came to his life, he focused on his purpose. Yeah. Add to those three things some disciplines that Jesus had. Right, He helped those in need, focused on his purpose. He spent time alone with God. He was rooted in that truth. He had a godly community around him. Desiring to fulfill incredible faith journeys with him, he used godly wisdom and faith. These disciplines in practice consistently will also increase self-awareness. Last one. I talked to a couple people about this sermon, just asked them some questions about their personal self-awareness. And, uh, a couple gave some great answers, and one in particular really stuck out to me. She's a dear friend of mine, and she said, Evan, you know, the more self-aware I become, the better I understand other people. I thought that was so true, because I'm seeing in my own life, the more self-aware that I seek out to be, the more patience I have with people, the more time I'm willing to hear their story as opposed to judge them. I'm, I'm willing to be, again, more sympathetic, more empathetic towards other people as my self-awareness grows. I still have a lot of work to do but it's so true that our self-awareness can help us better understand those around us. I'm going to end with, with this quote. This is by uh, one of my favorite authors, probably my favorite author, actually. Rob Reamer. This is found in his book Soul Care, and he says this. You will never rise above your level of self-awareness. Self-awareness desires us to be proactive. It desires us to be rooted in Godly truth. It desires us to to have Godly wisdom, to stay focused on purpose. The more proactive we are in our self-awareness, the more self-aware we will become. But if we do not put time in to become self-aware, we will never rise above the level that we are right now. I truly believe when I read scripture, when I look at Jesus, and when I study self-awareness in in the Bible, self-awareness matters to God. And what matters to God, I want more of. I desire to have more of what God wants me to have. I pray that same prayer for us as a church, that we would desire more of God, more of what he wants for our life. So as we close here, once again, do you feel like you're self-aware? Do you feel like spiritually, you know who you are. If you don't, let's look at the life of Jesus. And let's practice self awareness. Let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for to just even be here. To be able to, to freely read Scripture, to talk about it, to be able to worship you. God, I thank you so much for that. God, maybe there's people around the sanctuary today that they feel like they are believing lies about themselves. That they have so much confusion spiritually. They don't feel like they're being rooted in truth. They don't understand their purpose. God, I pray if there's anyone in here that is going through that in their heart and their soul, God, that you would present an opportunity for them to seek self-awareness. To come to understand themselves more, God. Because by doing that, we can understand others and we can understand you. God, you believe self-awareness matters. Help us understand why. Show us the ways that we can be more self-aware. Show us the people that we can influence. God, show us the purposes of our life. We love you. And we are so blessed to be here in your presence. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you all so much. We will see you next week. Thank you. Okay. And spot back up.